Hi, I'm Bijoy Pangajakshan. Will 5G change the world? I do believe that 5G will change the world. 5G is disrupting many industries, either directly and indirectly, and it's affecting many parts of our society. And uh, from Mavenier's standpoint, we believe that all the work that we're doing across the different industries in the operator networks as well will serve to change the world. This is Sean Kenny, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, a usually weekly podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. But first, in an effort to get to know our guest a little bit better, we like to pose three questions from the Proust questionnaire. Are you ready for those? Yep. All right. Question number one, what is your idea of perfect happiness? I, I follow the saying, be happy. You don't know how much time you have left. So for me, perfect happiness is spending time with my family. And as you know, we cannot over plan for tomorrow. So let's enjoy every moment of today. And question number two, which talent would you most like to have? Hmm, that's a tricky one. Uh, I think I'll go with the talent to dance and play a musical instrument. And to be honest, I pursued some of that as a kid, but then those just fell off my priority list due to various reasons. Now I just enjoy listening to my son playing the violin. And question number three, who are your heroes in real life? I actually look up to my dad for inspiration. Uh, he's a very hardworking person. He's a doctor in India. And at 77, he still works very long hours. He's passionate about what he does. And apart from my parents, my mentors from whom I've learned valuable lessons, they're also my heroes. So I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me today. And there's a few things I want to cover. But first, let's start with Mavenir's recent portfolio expansion. There's kind of four pieces here. Maybe we can go through them one at a time. And, uh, you know, the overarching theme is putting different telco workloads into cloud environments. But let's maybe start with this uh, digital enablement platform. Uh, sure. So when we talk about 5G, it's uh, about a complete network transformation. You'll hear about that whenever Mavenir is at conferences and we talk externally. It's from deploying and scaling applications at optimal locations to automated operations. Everything needs a fresh perspective from an operator standpoint. And our view is that while there's no doubt that 5G comes with huge potential, there's still no clear consensus on the killer use cases that will eventually drive monetization for our customers and mobile service providers. So key to 5G success in our view is to have platforms that are efficient, flexible, cost-effective, and uh, most importantly, agile. So the solutions that we launched are keeping in mind this particular vision for 5G for our customers. That takes me to the first part of announcement, which was a Mavenir digital enablement solution. The solution allows operators to monetize their network capability through new products and services, and they could do it much faster and with agility compared to traditional BSS systems. The digital enablement platform uh, that we have, it's not built for a single use case, but it is a platform to enable our customers to, to have their own bespoke business model. So the platform is modular, it's based on open APIs, and it can be customized for different use cases. So if I give you an example, if there are two competing enterprises who each wants to offer their own AR VR service in a stadium, but they have their own different pricing models with the Mavenir digital enablement platform, these customers can create network slice offerings as per the needs of the individual enterprise. 
and then this would allow them to be competitive and provide differentiating service. So that's just one example of how you could leverage the Mavenir digital enablement solution. And then this next part is mobile edge computing, obviously uh, distribution of compute power closer to where data is generated, kind of seen as a key piece of offering differentiated 5G services. So what are you doing around MEC? Yes, as you said, with 5G running applications as close to the user at the network edges are desirable. And uh, this is actually the second part of my announcement, uh, the Mavenir multi-access edge computing and Mac solution. It is another enabler for the operator edge for applications with different latency needs. It gives flexibility for CSPs to cater to a broad spectrum of use cases, whether it's for robotic automation or industry for immersive applications for consumers. <clears throat> and in, in this regard, we look at it as changes that we have done to support it on a packet core, as well as on the um, work that we're doing with some of our partners with NVIDIA. We've done some announcements where Edge AI applications are being built jointly with Mavenir. And I also want to point out that this is related to the third part of our announcement, which was around AI and analytics. With the integration of AI and analytics solution into a Mac offering, you can actually guarantee SLA for enterprises or industries and also provide the insights to make offerings much richer in experience. This is because the AI analytics solution can ensure the service consistency across various network conditions. So for example, if you have someone who's using an AR application while on the move, uh, take for example, a virtual trainer, the AI solution can predict the possibility of network congestion because it's monitoring the radio coverage in near real time. You can also notify the application to optimize the data feed as required, or an alternate way could be where you trigger reconfiguration of the network elements, and, and that allows you to scale capacity and you end up with better user experience. This is just one example where, but there could be various use cases where AI can be applied for monetization. So in my view, the essence of this is AI and analytic solutions are natively integrated into the Mavenir offerings which would then allow our operator customers to streamline their data collection methods and process this data for service assurance. And then the final piece here is this web scale platform. We hear a lot about this, uh, particularly in the context of, of 5G for enterprises is how can operators build networks and operate them more like web scale companies. So what are you guys doing around web scale platform? Yeah, so um, I talked about these three new product offerings, but really the web scale platform, you could think of it as a baseline to achieve all this. So we talk about Mavenir as having an end-to-end -end product suite and all applications are cloud native that can be deployed independent of the underlying infrastructure, whether it's a public or hybrid or a public cloud. So the MWP premise, the Mavenir web scale platform is really about making the applications run on any cloud. And as you're aware, platform as a service it was initially de developed and um, it supports IT and enterprise applications. And today it does it very well for these applications. But as we started looking at the space, we realized that there are many gaps when it comes to doing the same functions for telecom applications. So take, for example, uh, with telco applications, the, our customer operators need to support different regulatory requirements, whether it's legal intercept, location or emergency services. So. Um, so the Mavenir WebScale platform was built to support these sort of telco applications. And what we have also done is provide some of the seed code to the open source community. 
And, uh, and the basis here is the CNC, CNCF uh, body uh, that's working on this particular effort that's called XGVeller that's accepted the seed code is, is going to use it as a telco cloud native platform. So in summary, all these product offerings that we have, it, it, it just gives additional arsenal for our customers to achieve their 5G transformation goals. Well, I appreciate the update on that. And I, I wanted to take a little bit of a, a closer look at Open RAN. Uh, this is a, a story that Mavenir has been telling and been at the forefront of for a number of years, but 2020 really seemed significant in that we saw not only scaled commercial deployments, but a real ramp in interest level from operators all over the world, both Greenfield and Brownfield. Uh, we're recording here in late January, and last week we saw a pretty big announcement from DT, Telefonica, Orange, and Vodafone. And to make a, a reductive statement, this was just them stating their intent, their commitment to helping foster the Open RAN ecosystem and take those products and deploy them at scale across their networks. So I'm curious, Vijoy, what your expectations for Open RAN are in the short term in 2021 and then given this big commitment from these major multinational operators what are your expectations in the next few years yeah so um what we've seen in 2020 is that open ran really changed from being an operator's desire to something that industry requires for deployment and mavenir has been leading these open ran efforts since last five to six years 2020 was when we also heard traditional vendors like Ericsson, for example, in the, I believe it was a Q3 or Q4 earnings when the Ericsson CEO was acknowledging for the first time that Open RAN will start impacting their revenues. Now, this also means that they need to react to more competition, lower prices, it could be loss in market share, or else these traditional players can phase another Kodak moment. So I would say, well, the focus in 2020 has mostly been in front all interface and getting KPIs ready in 2021, we expect to see a lot greater ORAN adoption in other aspects of open RAN, such as radio intelligent controller, where you could bring in analytics, AI, machine learning techniques to also optimize the radio network. And I mentioned some examples earlier when we talked about Mavenue's AI analytics solution. Another part to it, as you rightly mentioned, is uh, for the major European operators, DTAG, Telefonica, Orange, and Vodafone, they've come together to support Open RAN and make it a requirement in their network for deployment soon. In addition, we've also heard from BT, I believe O2 operators in UK, they've also committed to Open RAN. And these are, and it's important to understand that these are not greenfield operators, these are brownfield existing networks in which they are committed to deploying Open RAN. In the US, we've got BISH that's leading the Open RAN momentum with greenfield. 5G deployment that will start happen in 2021. And they would be the second largest uh, greenfield deployment providing another proof point after Rakuten in Japan. We're also talking to the other bigger operators in, in the US like Verizon, AT&T. And we know that they committed to open RAN. AT&T in particular has been very focused on some of the radio intelligent controller aspects. Verizon more so on some of the front hall aspects of open RAN have to optimize that. In, in Japan, uh, NTT Docomo has done validation of Open RAN even between 4G and 5G networks in their deployments. And outside of uh, these regions in India, you've got Geo, Bharti, Etel, got Telus in Canada, Turkcell in Turkey, 
Telecom Italia. So we see this commitment on Open RAN that's happening across the globe. In addition, there are government policies being put in place, which is mandating the use of Open RAN or promoting Open RAN. And this is where many operators, vendors, and government agencies also coming together. Just take, for example, the Open RAN Policy Coalition that's advocating the use of Open RAN. This is also where we expect additional funding to happen for Open RAN from different governments. It could be the US has got several initiatives in the government already. You've got uh, initiatives that are happening in, in the UK government. And as you know, RAN is a dominant component of an operator's TCO. It takes close to 80% of their spend. And any disaggregation that you could do in this space by moving it to the cloud, opening up these interfaces for multi-vendor contribution, reducing the number of equipment that is there at the cell site. These are all gonna be crucial in 2021 and beyond uh, as 5G network deployments rapidly increase around the world. So I'd say that Open RAN is not a pie in the sky anymore. It's a proven reality and we expect to see continued momentum in Open RAN in 2021 and beyond. So you listed a number of operators that have uh piloted that have commercialized and otherwise expressed interest in adopting open ran so the momentum is absolutely there as you said open ran is at this point proven and very real very tangible so i was hoping you could give us some updates on how mavenir is is working specifically to address these opportunities I, you know it's not really a a question of of if it's just a question of when and how now so one of these things I wanted to touch on was your acquisition last year of uh, IP access. Could you maybe remind our audience what specifically IP access brings to the table for Mavenir and give us a little update on how that integration is sure. going? So we acquired uh, IP access uh, late last year. And uh, the premise for that acquisition was getting more into the small cell business and also being able to support a multi-standard single RAN 2G to 5G offering. So one of the gaps that we saw in our portfolio was the fact that you couldn't cover a full 2G to 5G. And if you look at the how the market has progressed in the last several years, and even looking forward into 2025, you still see there's a significant market out there for needing to support 2G and legacy technology on top of migrating to 4G and 5G. And this is particularly true in markets outside the US. If you look at Europe or APAC regions, there was a demand to actually support uh, radio technology that went beyond 4G and 5G, and you were progressing to support 2G and 3G as well. So our driver for acquiring IP access was twofold, to get this uh, support for a multi-generational RAN, as well as support this in an open RAN method, and the portfolio that they brought to uh, the table, which is around small cells that helped us add new customers in the private network space. And so far, I would say the integration is done uh, as is mostly done. It's gone very well. IP access is now a product line under Mavenir's emerging business unit. Um, with the integration, we've strengthened our radio business and we also now have a comprehensive suite of uh, small cells, including 5G. The other item I was hoping you could give us an update on um, relates to the just supply of radios that are compliant with uh, open ran uh you know when you just look at what telefonica plans to do around open ran across their network 
there's going to be need for a lot of radios. Uh, I know you're working with Altia Star to produce radios that work for uh, U.S. bands. Maybe you could just give us a little update on what the genesis of that partnership was and uh, what the outlook is for getting those radios out into the field. Yeah, the original genesis of that uh, partnership was to was to get radios in the U.S. bands, which are not covered and readily available in the ORAN technology. So you've got a bunch of radios, but it's non-ORAN based. And for you to be successful deploying ORAN, CU, and DU, you need radios that are ORAN compliant. So there is the initiative that we have and still ongoing with Facebook event star program. We have built radios that can cost less than $1,000 and sold through the tip exchange. A similar initiative was to work with Altiostar to build the radios for supporting some of the rural bands. On this particular topic, I don't have any additional details to share at this time, other than what we had mentioned in the last press release that we did with Altistar. However, I wanted to point out that Mabineer had recently announced the creation of a new business unit uh, within Mabineer that's focused on open RAN radio development. And this is primarily to cover a millimeter wave and massive MIMO technology, which was an area where we saw some gaps in ready availability of uh, ORAN-based radios. And so, Bajoy, just if we can kind of zoom back from just open RAN, and excuse me, I'm going to use a long list of adjectives here. When we think about open networks, virtualized networks, this trend we see around hardware software disaggregation and this long-term shift towards cloud-native architectures, how do you see that as as key to helping operators position themselves to monetize 5G services and uh what kind of timeline are you looking at? And, you know, granted, that's going to be different from for every operator and, and for every region, but really seems like the pressure's on to start monetizing 5G from the enterprise. So what's your take on the kind of urgency here to undertake this massive re-architecture of networks uh, across all the domains, uh, transport, RAN, core? It's a good question, actually, because I, I would say being better late than never doesn't apply here, but the more appropriate one could be sooner is better. The open RAN momentum and cloud computing convergence is bringing to the 5G. It's gonna help in various aspects of the operator running the network. But as you know, with every technology, there's always going to be early adopters and then you have the late majority and laggard. So it all depends on the operator and where they are in their risk reward evaluation. 5G use case and savings, as we discussed in technologies like Open RAN, they're now well known and accepted. They're, they're accepted as the right solutions to address these growing demand of 5G and mobile services. And we also know the growth in data consumption is here to stay. So it, in, in my view, it presents a tremendous monetization and revenue growth opportunity for operators. And in that regard, early movers will definitely benefit at the same time, every technology transformation, it requires careful planning. You have to identify the right partnerships and cloud deployments will also give operators the flexibility to scale effectively. They could enable new paper use consumption models as, uh, as we're well used to with the public cloud guys and how they run their network, right? I would also point out another key aspect to consider in, in the context of this whole network modernization, which we know that operators in all regions are pursuing is that radio cannot be left isolated in, in an island when you're considering this network modernization that covers multi-cloud deployments and functionality that you're covering across the core, the radio, the transport. Uh, 
So I would say when all areas of the end-to-end -end network are open, but you leave the radio closed, this is going to lead to inefficiency in how the operator uh, can manage and run their network. Uh, I'll give you some examples. So if you don't have a common platform, which all applications run, whether it's the open RAN software, to packet core, to IMS, you, the operator cannot leverage common processes for automation. You hear them talk a lot about CI/CD pipelines as part of the digital transformation. And if you cannot leverage that across the different domains, then you're not succeeding in that initiative. Another key thing is data is key and the data that you can obtain from different network sources, if you can collect, monitor and analyze this data to obtain network-wide insights, you could then implement network-wide performance optimization. So you see a lot of companies now focused on doing service assurance and, and ensuring that SLAs can be met, even in this deployment model where network is going through disaggregation. And of course, the migration path for brownfield operators, it's not going to be a simple one to move directly to the cloud. And, and we're seeing them do these changes and steps for continuity of service. However, for adoption of this cloud native technology and open RAN, it should be a no brainer for the greenfield deployments. And we're seeing that already with operators like Dish, Rakuten. In fact, there's another operator in Germany one and one that's going to show up and they are also proposing open RAN. So I'd say it's a no brainer for these greenfield deployments. And if you look at the history of how this disaggregation has happened in the operator network, IMS and core are good examples to consider for history because they've gone through a similar disaggregation. And for these network uh, functions, the cloud adoption actually started seven to eight years ago. And I'm proud to say that Mavenir has now got number one market share globally on virtualized IMS deployments in a cloud architecture. And if you look at T-Mobile network alone, they're close to 100 million subs in the Mavenir cloud native IMS portfolio. And um, if you think about it, the ability of T-Mobile to take these risks as an early adopter, this has led to their success. And we expect the same to happen with early adopters of open RAN and cloud-based deployments. So I, I think we've made the point throughout this conversation that this network modernization or transformation is very much happening today and it's going to continue happening likely at, a, at an accelerated clip moving forward. But as it relates to mapping this technology to outcomes that you could fairly say, yes, this is this has changed the world, what kind of things do you think about or, or what kind of measures do you look to? Um, you know, I, I feel like it's not just technology for technology's sake, but when we look at an operator spending billions of dollars, they have got to map that to their strategic business outcomes. And I think the you know same is true as we see this rise of private networks. They can spend a lot of money on technology, but if it doesn't uh, have a direct line to a business outcome they're trying to achieve, you know, was it really worth it? So I'm just kind of curious how you think about the answer to that question, will 5G change the world in, in very real, tangible terms? I would say 5G is disrupting many industries directly and indirectly, as I stated earlier. And the good thing is it serves many segments of our society. If we look at it, you've got healthcare being impacted, retail, you see impact in entertainment for sure. Autonomous driving will happen soon. You're seeing private networks and others get into the 5G space because of interest in smart factories and and logistics and many other verticals. I would, I would also point out to the study by IHS Market uh, Economy study that forecasts that 5G will enable around 13 trillion in sales by 2035. 
And this is important because it creates around 22 million jobs, which would then impact and positively impact human machine productivity, as well as improve global standards for everybody. So with all the benefits that we have with 5G, whether it's the massive device connectivity or, or the things that we talk about often like better coverage and capacity. So 5G will change the world, but it will take time for this ecosystem to be built and for the mainstream adoption of more of these sophisticated use cases like autonomous driving and uh, or remote surgery and things like that. But operators are investing in 5G. And the good thing is there's also collaboration that's happening within the industry. So with an open RAN multi-vendor ecosystem, just taking that as an example, you now have many smaller players also working together and they're creating solutions that can match and exceed capabilities that are provided by the traditional network vendors. And as you very well realize customers in many cases, they don't know what they want. And it's true in our industry as well. So it's important for them to be provided with a platform in which you can showcase the potential of 5G you gather feedback and then you improve on these use cases. And this would then allow us to align the business outcome and expectations. And if you look at the consumer front, foremost is to ensure connectivity, especially in rural areas. So with coronavirus, it's disrupted the way we work, connectivity for all. And I would say reliable connectivity is one of the most important needs in this new normal and 5G will promise us that. This brings us more growth. Uh, it gives us greater prospects in healthcare for all or immersive social interaction. So I'd say, of course, more bandwidth, lower latency and more data. It leads to more applications and use cases, but it will also allow us to go where we've not gone before. In my view, you're right, 5G will change the world and then maybe 6G will happen and it will change again. Well, I'm excited to see this really massive economic lift that 5G can enable. And I appreciate you taking the time to give us an update on how Mavenir is working within this ecosystem and really helping drive 5G into not just uh, the hands of consumers, but into these high value vertical industries. So thank you for taking the time to answer that question. Will 5G change the world? Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having Mavenir on the show. Will 5G Change the World is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. The show today was produced and edited by me, Sean Kenny. Thanks for listening.